Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me this week for episode 15 of the New Leaf podcast is another one of my work colleagues from just down the road, Zach Campbell. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You excited to be here? Always. You have a good walk anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I've seen you par- I've seen you par and past and wondered where you were disappearing <laughs> to. I mean, you belted it at a fair rate of knots with the music in and I was shouting for you, trying to get your attention, but I'm sure the hard techno blasting through your ears was making it near impossible to try and get your attention I had a few tunes on there <laughs> but you're here now eventually um, and again you're you're welcome on as well it's one of those things that we've always joked about in work oh, I'd love to get on I'd love to get on and then last minute finally here do you fancy it <laughs> <laughs> first sub <laughs> no well second sorry <laughs> sorry you were you were third choice today but hey Holly yeah. Giroud, third choice. Oh, And look how good that man is. Step in, like. Oh, good job. I tell you what, you see if I could take him back at Arsenal, in a heartbeat, I would have him again. Love the man, like, big empire. He's just one of those people that, for some reason, he's only good when he comes on for the last 25 minutes. <laughs> like, how can you be at, at that level of elite sport and only be good for less than half an hour? He's so frustrating, though, because, like, He's so slow. He he's so good but so slow and he's he's inconsistent. If he just scored more goals it'd be more class. I, I heard a thing that the reason he often doesn't get picked is because that when he's in training he just doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just sort of relaxes and ambles about and then come match day uh, a switch flicks and then he's in the zone and comes on and he'll bang in too at the near post uh, and that's it um, we're sitting here now and all the the news so far the past couple of days has been the new proposed uh, European Super League with 12 teams from 3 countries for now anyway I just want to grab your opinion on whether you think it's a good idea or not I, I think I have a fair idea what you're going to say because most people have said it, but do you think it's a good idea? I don't think it's a good idea for wider football. Um, I think it's just like putting money into the hands of the, the, the wealthiest owners in football anyway. It's just like pretty much like trying to franchise football in the same way like American sports is. Um, but at the same time, like, like some of my mates are being like, oh, I'm going to just support a different team and it's a disgrace and all. And like, I do agree it's a disgrace, but the same time I'm still going to watch Chelsea no matter what <laughs> league they're playing in like a back room and a ground which whatever he does so if he thinks it's the right thing for the club then fair enough and if not then we'll see what happens I don't think it'll happen anyway I really don't like I think it's just to get leverage on UEFA so that they can get more money or get some more rights in this new Champions League format that they've announced but we'll see what happens like, I think everyone's kicking off about it and it hasn't actually happened yet they're saying that if uh Chelsea, Man City and Real Madrid maybe get chucked out of the Champions League on Friday and if they do then it'll be a bigger deal to me but at the minute like nothing's happened yet so everyone just has to sort of stay grounded and 
Just get on with it, pretty much. Yeah, we, we've seen through like the news the past couple of days um, regarding the topic that it seems to be more financially based for these football clubs. And like you mentioned as well, there's that American-style aspect of it's a league with 12, possibly 15 teams if they can find another three members to join them. And then every year they're going to have five guest teams come in and there's going to be no relegation. So you're only really fighting for the the top prize and that's it. It doesn't have that excitement throughout the league. You know, teams scrapping to survive in the Premier League or teams trying to push for Champions League. You know, you don't really benefit as a, a team in that sort of format. And... To be honest, some of the teams that like have an Arsenal and Spurs. <laughs> That's a joke to be for. Have an Arsenal and Spurs amongst teams like Liverpool, who have won six Champions Leagues, and Real Madrid with their thirteen. And in the past, what twenty one years, twenty two years, Arsenal and Spurs have appeared in one final each. It's mad having those teams are even, <laughs> even some of the Italian teams like AC Milan haven't made good for, for about nine or ten years. Yeah, and the Milan that this is their first league title in what ten years or something. Um, has been that complete dominance from Juve for yeah. a while and they are even starting to fade a little bit now you know yeah, they're, they're fourth in the league in yeah the they're, they're league, so. aging and stuff as well <clears throat> and you look at the input at the minute from German clubs so Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund were both approached to join and they have outright rejected it because they are partly ran by fans yeah, I think uh, they are sleep sick as well, sorry. Yeah, and, and they they have uh, an input with fans and, you know, they engage with their supporters and I think that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't joined because they've listened to what the people who go and pay their hard-earned and hard-worked-for money yeah. to go and see and they would rather football stays the way it is than this sort of glorified Super League. No, don't try and fix something that isn't broken. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. It's like you you have something good now where you have your domestic leagues and then every couple of weeks it's Champions League night yeah. and you sit down and everyone watches it. Whereas if your team's playing every week against like a European side, it'll just like yeah. ruin that kind of excitement about it. It'll just become like... The norm. Yeah, the actual sort of normal way for football going and... You know, especially like being an Arsenal fan and not having, uh, well, any Champions League nights <laughs> in the, in the past while here. <laughs> you know, um, like not having those nights. I suppose some fans, possibly younger ones, could be on board because you know they get to see Arsenal challenge themselves against both Madrid teams and teams from Italy and other European clubs, rather than. You know, playing against sort of <laughs> mid-table La Liga in Germany, even though Arsenal are bloody mid-table now, <laughs> just about. Oh, but it it is it is really poor, I think. Um, at the minute, sort of the the decisions that the clubs have made, and and we we chatted about, you know, some of the repercussions that it, it could have. But there's a part of me wonders. Yes, the clubs are possibly pushing this because they want more input in UEFA in terms of prize money and investment into their clubs. But there's another part of me thinks that these kind of actions from UEFA in terms of throwing out of the Champions League or possibly getting points deducted, 
I think that could be another power grab from UEFA trying to... It's all politics. Right? Yeah, that, that's ultimately what it breaks down to. You know, it, it's politics in football. Um, politics, power and money, that's like the things that drive football. Yeah. It's when you have billionaire owners that want more power and more money, then, and they want, like, pretty much they're just trying to take it off UEFA. Like, UEFA make an absolute fortune in advertising and all that sort of stuff. So they're pretty much just getting together and saying, why do they get that money when we could just have it all to ourselves? But I don't think it's not ethical. Like, UEFA and FIFA are corrupt organisations, and all the clubs probably know that, but at the same time, like, it's not really the end of hurting. It's going to be, like, uh, verberations through the rest of football. Yeah, like, you take out the, the, the top six teams from England and they won't put in the same level of efforts in terms of, like, domestic trophies. So you'll probably find it becomes a little bit more competitive once you go down in and around mid-table of the Premier League, as in who's going to win the FA Cup or the League Cup, because yeah. it won't be talking about City possibly doing the quadruple anymore, or if you're going to win the treble, because yeah. realistically, what will the treble be then? It'll be the Premier League, one of them cups, and then the Super League. It doesn't really have the same sort of... um appeal as you know going and winning the Champions League which has a, a massive history and other than a few clubs mentioned before every team sort of has an affiliation with it and a success story to it personally I don't think it'll happen like as much as like the the owners run everything like the players and the and the fans do have a bit of power and do have their own say um, and I do think like if players are going to be banned from playing for their international teams and going to the door like even like, if it ruins the World Cup, then I'll be annoyed because I love the World Cup. It's one of my favourite months at, like, any time. Yeah, just that that sort of four or five week period where it's just football relentlessly. Love World Cup three times a day. Oh, oh bliss. Oh, yeah, you get up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and watch it somewhere and then straight away there's another game, another game, and all the way through the night just relaxing and non-stop football. I swear I haven't missed a game the last three World Cups. I always save my holidays and work and just take the full month off <laughs> and watch the World Cup every day. I, did, every, I always do it. It's great. I, I, I wouldn't blame you as well. Like, you, you sit here and it's it's the biggest spectacle in sport. You know, over a billion people watch it, close to two billion. You know, that's yeah. one in three or one in four people in the world sit down to watch it, even if your country's not in it. Yeah. You know, and, it. and that's the amazing thing about it. But yeah, it... There's talk that it could possibly affect players who are registered with these clubs in the Super League not being able to represent their national team. And for some people, their national team takes as much of an importance in their playing careers as their their club football does. Qatar spent all that money in the stadiums and all that sort of stuff. And then have a Brazil squad turning up with Joe Linton as the captain. <laughs> 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 it's like you've got you've got the initials L and M and you think it's for Lionel Messi but it's Manuel Lanzini turning for Argentina uh, that's yeah but like that, that's the thing all these great players that play at these clubs you know is there certainly a, a doubt in their mind whether they're going to be able to continue international football I know for some people out there that international football is nothing to them like I personally enjoy international breaks 
Oh, whereas man. some people hate them and oh. you're, you're one of those people but it leads to one of the greatest things so you have to go through the dullness of it to get to there just, I don't know I just wish they'd just scrap them just play the word cop and just leave it at that just draw it out of a hat <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know how they would do it but it's just every time you're just getting like ahead and like the Premier League so exciting you're getting to like like further into the Champions League and there's all these big games happening and then it's like all of a sudden it's just bam just watching like Slovenia against like Bosnia or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most dull game ever, yeah. And it's, it's pissing down in Gibraltar and <laughs> yeah. they're playing against Liechtenstein and go, uh, why am I even bothering? But it's football. Yeah, exactly. It's like that old Mitchell and Webb sketch, you know, watch the football, watch it. There's football yeah. everywhere. And you're almost sport for choice now with live sport. Oh, like right. you can flick the TV on at any point and there'll be a match being televised from somewhere. That's great. Whether it's like the Bolivian under 19s <laughs> or something. And Imagine you sitting blasting away though. <laughs> Sticking a bet on. Uh, <laughs> over three and a half goals. Guaranteed every time. <laughs> <laughs> and then once it finishes, oh, the A-League's starting in Australia. Happy days. 24-7. But yeah, I think going back to the, the proposals of the Super League, it's something different. But I think they just went about it in completely the different way. I wouldn't mind a revamped Champions League system where it is actual champions, you yeah. know, and not like the fifth best team in the league, yeah. you know, scraping through because then that probably takes the glamour off it a little bit. But actually having a league format or a knockout tournament where you've got 55 UEFA recognised countries, so 55 leagues at least, you could take the top one out of them all. And do something with that. Or even like the top 30. Uh, depending on like you know power rankings. In previous European tournaments and stuff. And do something there. But yeah I, I'm scared that. Money has already ruined football. And it will continue to ruin it. And it looks like at the minute. It's going to ruin it even more for. Normal people who. Put their hard money into getting the season ticket. And travelling all over England. Never mind having to bounce onto a flight. And travel oh, into Madrid. Or over to Milan for a game. I have thought about that. Like that's that's mad amount of money people have to spend on travel. Because if what they're saying is true and it's gonna be a game a week, like that's like even the Champions League. Like there's a there's a break for a while. Like this would just be like relentless football. Like two yeah. times a week. Like never mind burning out the players. Like the fans having to, as you say, travel over to Milan and then fly back to say London, and then the next week you're flying off to, you know, Madrid. Yeah. And then. It's not too bad, like, because there's, like, obviously six teams from England, so it's just going to be more... But even, like, the thought of that there, like, I think even if you're playing, like, Chelsea end up playing the likes of Arsenal or something, like, two or three times a season anyway, in the yeah. Cups and in the Premier League, so if you're playing them another, like, two or three times a season on top of that in this, supposed Super League, it just, it's just going to get dull. Yeah, it could end up being, like, ice hockey, where, you know, or things like basketball, where you're playing every other night, and, like games don't really have as much of an importance like if you it's lose if you lose a couple of games out of an 82 game season that's not bad but a couple like 10 defeats in that isn't bad but 10 defeats out of 38 games or 10 defeats in a league of only 12 teams is drastic so every game is important but like you say if Arsenal play home and away to Chelsea twice in the league twice in the Super League get them in the FA Cup they get them in the league cup they maybe get them in the community shield if Arsenal in the FA Cup and Chelsea win the league <laughs> that's why I said Arsenal in the FA Cup <laughs> instead of 
that trophy that we haven't seen for years and years yeah and years. we're halfway to being the next Liverpool that's scary Philip I know but still less time than Spurs <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds over the next few days anyway um, as I say we're recording this on the day that the sort of news is broken out and the whole footballing world is slowly reacting to it so it's probably the biggest day in football well ever maybe yeah how long will it be until they do something like this on a global scale and you've got Chelsea flying out to play Bengaluru <laughs> Melbourne Wonders <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and travelling over and playing like new old boys and then having to fly back and play Bristol City in the League Cup <laughs> or something like that but yeah. you, you do start to wonder you know, when is it going to stop in terms of the money and in terms of like the expansion because it is becoming like as you mentioned earlier American sports where it's franchised and you're trying to market it around the world so whether it's pre-season tours in Asia every year or you're doing you're signing certain players with certain nationalities to almost hit a market yeah, yeah you know if you sign a couple of African players and transfer market there's you know a couple of nations that will yeah start buying shirts and all sorts of stuff as well yeah so you wonder how much of it is financially based which i imagine is quite a lot but yeah three italian teams three spanish teams and six english clubs and i guarantee the first winner isn't english (laughs) (laughs) i don't know under thomas tuckler we'll be going forward i reckon depends when it starts as well it'll be inter milan (laughs) purely for the fact that they're just really tough to play against it's it's a toss up between them and Atletico, but I don't think Atletico quite have the the manpower up front <laughs> as much as an informed Lukaku. He becomes a permanent in the summer. For who? Chelsea, Chelsea. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Hopefully. The last time he was at Chelsea he was able to do backflips. That well is it there was like a couple of like top European agents I was reading were saying that uh, apparently Lukaku will come back to the Prem in the in the summer so we'll see if we don't get home they would say we'll probably go for him yeah I wonder does that then become a factor for players outside of these 12 the likes of Haaland and the likes of Mbappe who are at clubs who are not in these proposals for a Super League do they possibly risk moving over to these clubs and whatever whatever sanctions but yeah like you said for, for some people their morals normally hold out but yeah nowadays money talks you know. if the players are earning in the Super Leagues are earning three, four times what the, the players outside yeah. it are earning then as I say money talks like sometimes sometimes money isn't like the main thing for some people but in football nowadays it, it is because like, you you've know. only you've only really a 20 to 30 year span yeah and then that's you done that's where they all started going to China and all sure they're offering like three, four times the wages they could pay in Europe yeah. so like that, that's what I'm saying like if if the teams in those super leagues are paying their players a lot more money because they will be because they'll be getting a lot more revenue then and they'll be able to attract all the players from the other leagues they'll all want to come play in the super league if if it really kicks off which if if it does go through i'm not sure it will but if it does go through then it'll be massively and it'll be like they'll be broadcasting all over the world they probably get more more attention than the champions league so we'll see yeah and the, cha- the champions league draws in a good number of viewers anyway but you imagine a league like this, you know, it, it, it does mean that, you know, the Super League is just one of the things they'll have to play for. They'll have to sign for one of these 12 clubs and play 
their domestic football in Spain or Italy or England or if any other teams decide to join as well. But it'll be interesting to see what way it um it does pan out. But the 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 money side of things is interesting because a lot of people always give off about the amount of money that footballers get paid and that it's a ridiculous amount of money. Money has just come into it in the past 30 years, really, and that's yeah. when money's become big into it as well. But the way I try and look at it is, yes, it, it they're getting paid ridiculous amounts of money, but it's not their fault. Uh, some of them would do it for free, though. Yeah, some of them would, but, you know, like, at the same time, they have to think of the future and think of investments and stuff. And it's like, if another retailer turned around to you and said, we can sign you on <laughs> as a as a worker for us and we can pay you four or five times what you're earning right now for Lidl and 99 out of 100 people would say yes absolutely it's probably the same amount of work and I'm getting paid good money for it so why not yeah and, and, and you know that when you think about it that way then in a normal working environment you know everyone in some way shape or form is financially driven whether it's for themselves in the in the present or in the future or like yeah. whatever it might be as well. Um just on the the subject of work we, we finished a lovely busy Monday morning for us both and well the less said the better about some shifts, but <laughs> yeah, um you've been there a bit longer than I have. Um firstly tell just some of the listeners like a little bit about sort of your your work history after you left school and sort of how you then ended up arriving in Lidl. <laughs> but nothing too exciting, like. Um, worked when I was 15. Used to work in Dalton's in Lisburn. Um, what a place, by the way. Spot for sandwiches, like. Oh, amazing. We went to the one where does a job, like. <laughs> we have sandwich and a red pepper soup. Take it oh, out. my word. Um, what was I going to say? Uh... And I worked part-time when I was in tech in card factory, which was dull. And then I used to work in Medicare chemist. And then, yeah, I stopped working for Lidl. I, I, I know from other sources as well, my better half, Rhiannon, she's listening, she'll know that card factory is quite grim. Oh, oh. don't. <laughs> bad, bad character. No, she um like she enjoyed it in terms of like the people she worked with. It's like most places like you sometimes get a a good group of people that you're working with and it makes everything easier. But she just says like the workload and stuff and there's there's nights she's standing in the Oak Center mm. and it's just dead and there's no one in because who comes in to buy a birthday card at half eight at night? <laughs> Fucking no one. It, it's made you the person you are today yeah, shit, <laughs> you get that card factory for it. Yeah. what a place to work I suppose it's kind of like me with the works that kind of sort of discount retailer yeah. um, that everyone goes to for certain things as well and like I worked in the works for five years and loved it and could feel like if they opened up tomorrow I could go in and pick yeah. up my job because I enjoyed it so much and I learned so much and I can still remember what to do um but you're with you're with Lidl now you're with me and I mean that's a recipe for disaster in the <laughs> south most mornings but um just like from your perspective because 
other than maybe one or two people that have had on from work. Um, you know, you've been there a good few years at least anyway. And yeah, coming up, I think it's coming up to four this year. Maybe. Yeah, so over those four years, how have you seen it grow? And what really has changed for you in particular the last 12 months? Um, Lidl are always growing like fair play to them. I can remember like my mum used to shop Lidl whenever I was younger and I always would like turn my nose up on it. I think like saying that like they've come on leaps and bounds like they have like a lot of brand stuff now that they didn't have before. Um, over the last last 12 months mental mental some of the craziest times ever going in in the mornings and there being absolutely nothing on the shelves over that first like month of March or whatever that, it was. that was ridiculous like to yeah. think that everything was just wiped in a day people scrapping gone. over nappies and like getting uh-huh. in fights over because someone's trying to walk out with like 25 bags of pasta <laughs> <laughs> that they're probably still got sitting in their cupboard <laughs> probably like one bag of pasta they've got like 24 left sitting in their cupboard they're like willing to like fight someone over it's just, it was just mad uh-huh. just like I don't know it's just an eye opener it's like Rachel mentioned a couple of weeks ago, there was places like Curry's were selling out of freezers Aye. because people were stockpiling that much. I like, like, don't get me wrong, Like at the start I was a bit sceptical, but then the reason I got worried was because everyone else's greed yeah. and like, yeah. I don't want to sound mean, but almost stupidity. Yeah. Like, you, people used to come in and complain about us not having stuff, but the reason we didn't have stuff is because of the people coming in and unnecessarily buying shitloads of baby wipes or pasta or yeah. all those things that we couldn't get our hands on because they thought that that was going to be the, the magic cure to get them through COVID and lockdown. It's just so nuts, because I was in London, lots in Chelsea, and then flew back. I was back on the Sunday and then and on the Monday morning, and that was whenever it all started. That's whenever all the panic band kicked off. And I just remember seeing queues like, just like I'd never seen before and like stuff was just going off the shelves like it was just mad yeah I, I was in that evening um to the close when uh the like the whispers of lockdown were sort of coming about and I think it must have been about five o'clock and like I finished at seven or something like that and um Stuart saying oh have you seen there there's going to be an announcement tonight they think they're going to go into a nationwide lockdown i was like all right okay started giggling i wasn't laughing half an hour later (laughs) the place was chocolate block with people yeah bodies everywhere clambering to try and get all sorts of guff into (laughs) their trolley and get it out to the point where we ended up having to try and limit what people can buy because people were just taking it way too far and like swiping caseloads of stuff in, and, and that was it. Just put my head away. But imagine being someone who benefited from oh, wow. this situation. Like, I was listening to um, a friend of mine's podcast, Paul Alexander. Um, I don't know if you would know or have heard of him, but um, he does a weekly podcast called The Banter Hub Podcast, and they had a guest on, Marty Chappelle, that they play football with. And over the past few months or so, he, um, with another business partner, launched Activewear and Shaco Cosmetics, yeah. producing things like hand sanitizer and stuff. So he's one of those people that 
over these past 12 months has actually benefited from something which is really really strange to think about like how someone has actually made money and profited from what is unfortunate like it's not his fault that he's made money from it but it's a it's a good business sense of awareness from him to know to dip into the market then and start manufacturing something that he knows is going to be useful for people and just being on the ball really yeah that's pretty much it all that sort of stuff like like people are saying about like you know like post pandemic world and stuff like all that there like cleanliness is obviously a good thing like but cleanliness and all is just gonna be in complete focus like all the the companies that produce that sort of stuff like are gonna be like still making fortunes like for years to come because people are now so focused on like hygiene and cleanliness whereas before it was like like, a, like obviously people were like you know focused on it but not it wasn't as in much of a focus as what it is now. It's good that some people are now like. I don't think it's good, but like some people are actually aware of cleanliness now because you know fine rightly there's people come in to work and like they maybe wash their hands if they go to the toilet and that's it. <laughs> or, or just about anyway, but you know that there's an emphasis on cleanliness now and like the amount of cleaning that we have to do. <laughs> Even uh, I've seen something on was like Twitter or something and they're like imagine like serving a cake to people after like you've blown a load of spit over it <laughs> you're like people blowing over a cake like to blow candles out and then like giving it to the rest of your family and people are like that just seems so bizarre now or something but yeah you you never th- think yeah. of that like it's so strange that all these normal things like licking an envelope and sealing it shut now yeah like uh, what, you're opening that and you're touching it and then I just tuck the flap in now because I know some people will probably look at it and go <laughs> Uh, he's 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 like that COVID uh, but mm. all these wee things that we've done or like and customers still do this and I don't know why but oh, I know you're talking about. they'll go lick their thumb and they'll start flicking their notes out and then they hand it over to you and you feel this big wet slabbery thumb uh, banging the side of your hand I'm too polite I know some people like refuse those I'm too polite I just vigorously wash my hands after <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like are you really gonna do that in my head? And then after this, like, I don't want to say anything. I can make a scene here, so I'll just wash my hands like pretty well. But yeah, I, I've seen people try and do it through their mask. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like their mask, fun. and then they don't even realize that they've done it, and yeah. then they start flicking through the notes. It's like my god, <laughs> but again, it's just one of those things. It's like an impulse. Yeah, you know how years, how long? Fun. Yeah, have been that been the norm? But for some reason, <laughs> now everyone looks at it and goes. Ugh. Yeah, that's disgusting. But I suppose you wouldn't get people doing it with change, which is good. That'd be weird. Load of pound coins. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Oh. No, I think that's where I'd probably draw the line. Yeah. Someone twenty pound note, I don't mind. But if you're doing it with your five p's, you can just dump them on the floor and walk out, and that's it. I'm not oh. touching them as well. That's what it is. But um, yeah, so. Work these past 12 months has been very strange for us all and I think in particular with the people that haven't stopped working, you know, in the likes of retail or all these so-called frontline workers, I, I hate being called a frontline worker because realistically, yes, what I'm supplying is a, is a service that's necessary, but like I don't feel like I'm doing anything different really. Yeah. And like, there's people out there who are saving people's lives. Yeah. Or 
you know, are doing something far greater in terms of people's health than me just making sure they've got their tomato pasta sauce <laughs> and their that cheese that they're like ready in the fridge and, and that's pretty much it. But um like one of the things that will be crucial now as we're coming up to the stages where things are being phased in again is having escapes and being able to detach ourselves from our work life or our home life and I know that um, when we started working together that you know things like the gym for you was always like that outlet whether it's yeah. stress and work or it's you're you're bored and you need something to g you up and sort of you know give you a bit of stimulation and stuff not just physically but mentally as well yeah you know the, the gym is one of many things that we didn't take for granted but it was just always there for us to go and use and now that it's disappeared yeah we only want it back even more having some form of exercise is so important to like your overall mental well-being um as you said, they're just taking it for granted. I always like, never would have thought that the gyms would have closed, so you don't really like appreciate it, but now that it's actually a way of having to do home workouts and stuff, this is not the same. Yeah, it doesn't have the same sort of pizzazz about, you know, going to the gym. <laughs> Good word. Yeah. You know, I haven't used that word in ages. I've been looking for an excuse to get it. <laughs> I've been looking for a reason to squeeze it in somewhere. But, yeah, having that sort of exciting thing of going to the gym or going to the cinema or going to the golf course you know going on a holiday yeah go, <laughs> going to the holiday oh my god what it would give to be able to just jet off somewhere now and in, in the deep in the caribbean oh shush. and just relax for like three or four weeks but we'll chat about some destinations later but just being able to go out and do these activities again yes obviously cautions will still be in place and social distancing and sanitizing and all that kind of carry on will remain for a while just being able to get out and feel like normality yeah like that's what people are missing like just that it's like anything like once you can't do it you want to do it more like it's just the way the human mind works but i think yeah i think uh once we're uh once we're all able to do it again i'll feel even better than i did before as you said restrictions and all probably still be there it'll be different but like just to have it all back even if it is different it'll be worth it yeah and like gyms were a place that realistically they always strive for cleanliness you know because you don't want to go into a place where you're working out and it is dirty you know they are cleaned and because so many people are touching equipment before that they would have been cleaned anyway it's a touchy subject for me to be honest because i think they should have kept the gyms open like there's a chance it could spread in gyms but as you just said there like the equipment's cleaned after every use like it's probably one of the cleanest places or i don't even know other like a hospital what sort of place would be cleaned as much as what a gym is yeah. and like I know in my gym anyway like they have signs up everywhere saying wash every piece of equipment off the use and then every hour someone's coming in and deep cleaning it so like if, if all that's going on and the gym's so crucial to some people's mental health and like they left the takeaways open they left McDonald's open so like for me it's not really about health like public health if you can go and get a takeaway but you can't actually go and train do you know what I mean? That, that's where I'm confused. Like, I understand like, that they're sort of stuck and, you know, they're pushed into a corner and they just sort of have to, they can't really say, right, well, salons have to close, but we're going to keep gyms open. You know, that sort of way. Because yeah. it's obviously people's livelihoods and businesses and they, you can't sort of, you have to remain impartial about it all. But at the same time, like, like gyms are literally so important to a lot of people, a lot of people I know, myself included, 
just to have that bit of a release or something and just to get in that routine like I know whenever the gym's open my sort of whole routine in my day-to-day life goes around going to the gym and then I work around that and I know a lot of people are in the same boat so like it's just a massive like shake up for a lot of people and I think the sooner they're open the better <laughs> yeah like when I was away at uni the the gym that was on campus you cleaned after every single use even before covid yeah so I that see. was just always the the general practice in gyms you know once you're finished doing something because you don't want to get on to something that's covered in sweat or gunk so you end up cleaning <laughs> yeah. it down for the next person anyway so yeah. that was just the this the norm as well you mentioned about you can't think of anywhere cleaner other than hospitals there's one more that i can think of and again it has bugged me because i know people are affected by this but places like tattoo parlors i do i sort of like again like you have to like the government obviously have to remain impartial i do sort of understand to a certain extent why they've closed the likes of salons and stuff i don't think it's right because like people's like businesses and livelihoods and all are on the line and there's like surely there could have been a way around it or whatever but i think I can sort of understand in a way because like there's another person and you're really close to them and like that's gonna be like say you have like ten people or whatever in a day like but with gyms like you're literally just like training by yourself like most of the time so like you're not near anyone like you can keep your two meters distance or whatever it is um and as I say they're clean but like as you say like all those places are super clean even before COVID so yeah it's just mad yeah it it is weird to think that a year on now we're only starting to look at a feasible way of opening back up like obviously towards the end of the summer going into like september october as well like things were slightly opening up and you had it out to help out and i thought everything was going to be completely sweet again yeah exactly (laughs) and and then come boxing day everything was closed again you go on holiday go out for food go to the cinema like everything was sweet and then it just that's why i was like I'm booking a load of holidays here because I was like that's COVID over like it's it's just going to be gone for good now but it's completely wrong about it obviously. Uh, it's, it's hung about it's hung around and it's really leaving a bad smell <laughs> like for yeah. so many people and exactly. like just ruining like thankfully it hasn't went on for years and years and years yeah I could be wrong you never know yeah but you know missing out on so many things like people in their final years of school or uni yeah, and you know like going away like if i had stayed at uni this would have been my final year and i would have had like a year or two of just like complete loneliness and isolation and i think from speaking to a few of my old uni friends that's one thing that some people are struggling with at the minute and not having the likes of gyms and even cinemas and places where you can even the one I always mention is golf because <laughs> if anyone has seen me play golf there's no way I'm going to be within two metres of anyone when I'm walking through the trees trying to find the ball <laughs> so there's absolutely no chance but things like that offer an escape from any difficulties that you might be having Um in your work or private life as well and like it was a big help for me last year um all things being considered too like being able to go out a couple of times a week and play golf with a friend or two or go out and sit down for a coffee with a mate or go and have a a sociable pint across the road in a football club or whatever it might be 
those things offered me an escape and a way of taking my mind off of the negativity and all the sort of bad events that had happened sort of a couple of months before and I'm sure you're going to be the same as me as well once those things up it'll offer an escape to whatever it is that you are struggling with yeah oh yeah definitely I think uh, I think just having that social aspect there I think just having people there you know to speak to and like just being able to go and get as I said before like that release you can go and sit and chat to your mates or like I think that's maybe what people are struggling with the most is like not being connected to everyone else like I know we have social media and stuff and thank god for it but um, like it's not the same like you want to be out as you say meeting people for a coffee or just having that option to go and sit and have a pint and like as, as you said especially people that are struggling going through traumatic events like you've been through I think not having that sort of connectedness to other people I feel so so sorry for people that are that are in that situation um, and, and don't obviously have the social aspect but all I would say is that it is going to open again and it is on the up so yeah the, to, to quote a, a podcast a while back ago better days are coming oh yeah big time and w- one of the things that one of the first things I think on most people's agenda will be trying to get away somewhere for a holiday and oh yeah man. <laughs> if, if anyone knows Zach he, he's quite a, a travelling man and likes to sort of go out and explore different areas of the world and uh, is definitely one of these people that just has so many different stories about so many different places um, there's a few I'm not sure are broadcastable at the minute <laughs> well maybe need to make a PG if yeah, we'll like. maybe need to wait until after the watershed <laughs> see if you can describe it um, make a PG yeah just with like the, the sort of the the wild nature of what is the outside world you know from leaving Northern Ireland and it seems very relaxed and then you go off to the most remote parts of the world and you discover something amazing and you just enjoy yourself and it yeah. sort of takes over you a, a little bit Um, I want to start by asking firstly of all the places you've travelled to what has been your favourite <laughs> put you straight on the spot there. don't know how to answer that <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well instead run through a couple and maybe that'll make it easier so a couple of notable ones that you've been and visited um, see I I don't know I'm just the type of person I'm just so grateful for all the all the trips I can go on and I know like a lot of people don't have the, the same sort of flexibility that I have so like I'm always really you know appreciative of you know the fact that I've been able to go out and travel and stuff Um. So I could sit here probably and talk all day about it, but I love New York. New York was unreal. Um, this could like have a mad story from that as well as you know I've told you before. Um, Barcelona was unreal as well. Santorini was class. It probably, I don't know. I'd have to sit and think about it, but that would maybe be my top three. That's the first three that come to mind anyway. Yeah, you, you've travelled a good bit around Europe at least anyway. Yeah. Um, what about outside of Europe? States, all the states. There's a certain buzz about it. Yeah, I, I like I only went on a school trip for a week, but yeah, there's like an aura about it when you're yeah. there. Like I'm finally here. I can't actually believe I'm like. It's just so much like bigger and like, the energy's just so much higher, and it's hard yeah. to explain. There's just so much going on. There's just so much, like for all your senses to take in. Yeah. It's just mad. I, love I think one of the, one of the funny things I used to do, um, if we were watching films as a family, and it would be me, mum, dad, and Judy in the living room most places are always filmed in like New York or Washington or whatever yeah. so I would sit here and go oh I've been there 
Yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Torture them. And I'm sure you're probably saying, like, once you've been there, you can yeah. say that, oh, I've actually seen that in real life and not yeah. just on a movie screen. And that's a little bit sort of surreal for people too. As you say, there's just so many films, like blockbuster films that have all been like shot in New York. And then just once you're there and you're just standing like in the middle of Times Square, like looking up at the Empire State and it's just like, Clip me, this is, this is pretty mad that you're actually here. Though. I seen King Kong hanging off that. God's always run about these streets. <laughs> but yeah, like you soon stand. Like, I remember um, we went on a tour of the financial district around New York and went to places like the Freedom Tower and the, the 9 11 Museum, which, if anyone is ever in New York, I absolutely yeah, would implore that. you to go and visit it because it is eye opening. Like, uh, and like it, it brings a tear to even brought a tear to my eye. I'm getting goosebumps here, thank you. Yeah, it it was nuts as well. But towards the end of the trip, we were walking up this little alleyway, and at the very end of the alleyway was like this big cathedral, and it was standing oh, yeah. there, and all I could think of was. That's the cathedral from one of the national treasure films with Nicolas Cage. In it. <laughs> no way. And all I could think about um, was Nicolas Cage running around New York going absolutely nuts. But yeah, it, it was. I, I think it's National Treasure Two. It features in. Um, I have a photograph of it somewhere. I didn't take many pictures, but that was one of them. We actually went in that cathedral. It's like near the Rockefeller Center. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. St Patrick's Cathedral, I think it's called maybe. Yeah, I think that is it. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, and like, we walked past one of like the 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 live news stations in New York. Yeah. So there's one that broadcasts it on the street. So at some point there's about fifty friend school people just dandering by <laughs> Hiya Mom, you alright? <laughs> <laughs> on like the version of Good Morning Britain over there. It's brilliant. But yeah, it's just there's a, a magic about the place. Love the States, can't wait to go back. And obviously you were there sort of independently, so you were able to plan your trip a bit more and do what yeah. you wanted. Like I, I loved being there for the three or four days and doing the tours and stuff, but to be able to go to an American football game would be like top of my list once I go back over. Yeah, it was unreal. It was mad how it all happened though, no? so it was crazy. And you were you were walking around the Chelsea shirt and just getting absolutely mobbed. I uh, actually surprising how many uh American people support Chelsea like the amount of pints we got bought for free and like in New York that's <laughs> it's welcome believe me you're paying like what $15 a pint um, in those football stadiums and stuff and they're like it's just a guy he's like here's a couple of heinies on me you know like giving you Heinekens and all and my mate he's a Liverpool fan and he's like he's like what's going on here he's like, this one about the Chelsea top like 100,000 people all like cramped in this stadium in Rosehead sitting in the sunlight uh, this is even before Pulisic joined so yeah. it just shows you like yeah. they didn't really have any sort of players or like any sponsors or investments really from I guess it's London States, but yeah it's just London in general and it, it is always popular over there but I'm a bit have to wear a Chelsea top myself. Yeah, <laughs> you should. And save myself. Um, get, get yourself a load of free stuff. Save myself a, a round or two. There's a clock in Toronto that has the name PJ O'Brien in the middle of it. And my name is Philip Jordan O'Brien. Yeah. So one of the things I am so wanting to do is stand there and tell people this is my clock, that's my name, and see what freebies I can try and wrangle from some lovely Torontonians and see what I can state. Canada's top of the agenda as well. Canada's a spot. So yeah, we'll 
will ask you that then where are some of the places you want to head into Asia just travel around there Asia like that's I, like, I know I've done like a, a good bit of travel like before Covid I would have been away like maybe like I know like seven eight times a year but yeah. and anyone that knows Zach as well is like you save a hell of a lot of money to go on those trips as well you know it's it's yeah. not even like some people I went to school with who were in money if you know what I mean like yeah. you you work for 12 months of the year so that you can go yeah. for 7 or 8 times throughout the year and enjoy yourself and relax it's just about for me sort of about like sacrifice so like like ages ago I'd have just been going on nights out in Belfast all the time like going to bars and I just realised that like I just had to be more smart with my money and just start putting it away if I wanted like I've always dreamed of travelling the world so I just thought like you know if I'm going to do it I have to have to just be more conscientious about it um, so then just started like working really hard on Lidl putting in loads of hours um, and just yeah sacrificing things like nights out and stuff um, and then yeah just go and do it sort of like I say in luxury like, I, like some of the places I stay are quite you know expensive and stuff but it's like like there's ways you can do it people don't realise that you can actually travel and like plan all yourself if you're willing just to put in the research like you don't have to go and spend like two three hundred pound a night on a hotel like you can go on airbnb and find something just as good if not better like some of the places i've stayed in like we've only spent maybe like 35 pound a night on it or something and you've got like an affinity pool overlooking a city in the mountains yeah um yeah it's crazy like but like as i say if you're just willing to put in that research and that's sort of what i learned from the start is just the research at all and yeah i think i'll, I'll be doing that for asia i plan to move to asia which would be ideal hopefully at the end of the year just travel about places like Thailand Bali um, the Philippines just yeah it's just a different world over there I just think it would be mental yeah there's one of my very very first guests Bethany then she finished in Hong Kong she taught for four years and then after that she travelled through Cambodia and Thailand Class. and Vietnam and just covered like Southeast Asia and finished in Australia yeah, Australia and, and, and she says and I think she I think she filmed it as well on like a GoPro stuff and, and posted it on YouTube and honestly it's a great watch to see like all these different yeah. cultures and it, it sort of opens your eyes a little bit especially someone like me who's a home bird and I don't really travel that much you know I'll maybe pick one or two big places I want to go in my life yeah. and that's really it you know I'm sort of more like a uh, a grassroots kind of person <laughs> and stay at home and it's their own like and, and travel and look at different towns in Northern Ireland never mind going into, into mainland Europe and stuff but um, yeah f- for me in terms of like where I want to travel to again I've mentioned Canada um, go back over to the States and revisit New York and Washington and then head over to Vegas and do like Vegas and San Francisco and try and knock off the west coast and the east coast in one trip yeah. and do a little bit of it um, you probably do it all in about three weeks four weeks could yeah. do yeah dad wants to hire a car and drive across route 66 that'd be close <laughs> so again that's that's something we're going to end up looking into the, the two of us so uh, god help whoever would have to look after Julie <laughs> but if us two were let loose together um, never would away oh my god and then as I mentioned last week as well like Seville, I want to get back to there, and awesome. again, it's such a beautiful place, and the weather's always warm, and the people are lovely. The city is clean, and you know, Spain's amazing. Yeah, and like 
you stagger home at half five in the morning block and you just pick up an orange <laughs> there you go and there's your snack for the way home never mind grabbing a kebab from Marmaris outside the Cathedral <laughs> Quarter you've got yourself some fruit Spain's one of my favourite countries like I love the place it's so different to here yeah oh yeah because it's sunny yeah that's the thing like over here you find like the mood's always so much better like energy's so much higher whenever the sun's out it's like that's just the way it is all the time well, in most parts of Spain anyway where it's like sunny everyone's just always in a good mood because you wake up the sun's shining you can go out for a run you can go and do whatever whereas over here it's like you wake up and you look out and it's all cloudy but yeah that, that those if if I get the chance Canada the States and Spain again good choice would be like my up. top three <laughs> destinations funny that's a place that Brianna and I have talked about a few times Spot. heading to as well and I think Greece offers different things depending on what you're looking for so obviously yeah, you, you can go to places like Zante if you're looking to go and party oh, and, stuff, yeah. and stuff but you can go to like Athens for a city break Brilliant. and enjoy it Brilliant and it's a bit more relaxed too um, I think that's probably what I would prefer um, a city break we sort of as I said there Greece is so diverse so like as you just said there there's literally something for everyone there so like what we done was we went to Athens um, for city break seeing all like the, the historical side of it which was great all the, the monuments and stuff um, and I went and travelled around I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right but the Kikvet is is that what they're called the Greek islands like Santorini and all those sort of ones and there's there's obviously like loads of different Greek islands you can go to but if I would just, like to recommend anywhere to go to it would be in around there like some of the places like we went to this place called Kufanisia which is like uh, there's pretty much no cars whatsoever on the island like everyone just gets around by like foot or bike um, and it's just a, like this wee tiny island and all around it like you see on Instagram is just all like crystal clear water beaches you can actually get like uh, boats over like uninhabited islands like we, we got the boat over and there's literally just like a load of hippies <laughs> just like living on there like they put like a big like sheet of plastic like in the trees like just the not that it would probably rain over there anyway because it's always warm but just like for shade and shelter yeah and it's just so warm and like this like crystal clear beaches um, and a load of goats on the boat and <laughs> a few nude people which wasn't ideal like, but a few nudists on the boat which is a wee bit worrying but well it's uninhabited so they can do whatever they want yeah pretty much right? <laughs> it's really good looking at them <laughs> yeah true it's not like they have to hide any shame yeah. Um, no Greece will definitely be on the list of everything as well Berlin is a place I want to go to as well oh. uh, and just travel around Germany and stuff um, travel broadens your mind I find like it was only I started really growing as a person um, once I started traveling just as you say seeing all different cultures and just seeing something completely different to what you're used to I think it just opens your mind a wee bit more and you just become more I don't know what way you put it it's more of a citizen of the world or something <laughs> <laughs> Zach Campbell, citizen <laughs> of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your. That'll be your job title now. Yeah. Every, every time someone announces you, have you met my friend, the citizen of the world? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I know what you're trying to say. You're more aware and like. Yeah. Exposed to different ways of life and stuff, yeah, and it's cost. it sort of changes your outlook on things. Like we're not just a small island with like. Yeah. ourselves on it there's a whole eight odd billion people out there that Such. are doing their own different things as well and living their own different lives which is, is mad to think about but there's just so much more out there than Northern Ireland yeah. if a few of them could listen into the podcast I wouldn't mind that and maybe <laughs> bump the numbers up you know so if anyone out in 
far the far far corners of Malaysia wants to listen in then work away guys I send them your way whenever I go there um, yeah just you, <laughs> you can be my travel companion and you can go around and recruit people for the New Leaf yeah, podcast just get a t-shirt sort of and, <laughs> and just promote it all over all over Southeast Asia and Asia in general ah uh, <laughs> podcast yeah <laughs> there you go I will be a massive hit in Cambodia <laughs> number four podcaster in, in <laughs> Kazakhstan might, might not understand you but <laughs> no but here it's worth a shot as long yeah. as I listen I don't care do the job <laughs> I spent six years listening to your language and had no idea what was going on in class so was a tough one, work it? away guys but for the meantime now at least there's an hour gone already. Like, that's mad. You know, that just shows you time flies when you're talking rubbish. <laughs> you're talking gag. Just <laughs> gag Campbell. <laughs> that's uh, what I felt yesterday. Gag oh, Campbell. my word. How, how did we manage to get through the whole podcast and only now that creeped up? <laughs> <laughs> or when you're in work and you're on your lunch, you're smack Campbell or... <laughs> Um, when you're in the toilet hiding with your bowl of cereal you're slack Campbell shh, Ben or boy might be listening to this. <laughs> I mean like after you've worked really hard in the mornings yeah supposedly <laughs> um, but yes that's all we have for today's episode so Zach thank you very much for coming along and joining me thanks very much for having me it's been good and I'll I'll not see you tomorrow but I'll see you at some point because we're never out of each other's hair in terms of work <laughs> Yeah, I was in the same shifts mostly. Us so. two, and then randomly pick three people, and that's your morning in Lidl. That's the Super League. <laughs> Don't mention that again. <laughs> I want out then. <laughs> Lidl without us is nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounded awfully big-headed there. Oh, my God. So, yes, guys, that's everything for episode 15 of the New Leaf podcast. Make sure to share it about, and if you're new to the channel as well, and you're just over... Go back through all the old episodes and catch up as well and share it about with your friends. And again, any engagements or any feedback is always welcome as well. Next week on the podcast, I'm excited to say that I have a special guest coming on, um, Samantha Evans, who works with Emerge Counselling Services. And she'll be chatting to me about all things related to COVID, mental health, and the upcoming charity golf day that I'll be running in a few weeks' time as well. The link, if you want to donate as well, is over on the Instagram page at New Leaf Podcasts. So really looking forward to that one as well. And again, it'd be interesting to get Samantha's viewpoint on how COVID has been treating people, and especially as well how our donations last year, which was £4,000, went and helped launch an online service. So make sure you check out that episode when it drops next Tuesday as well. And for the meantime, guys, that's it then. So until next time, stay safe, take pride in everything you do, and remember, you're all superstars. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>